1: What is this? Brian Moore's podcast,
2: <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, and we are currently doing this podcast live from the Millennium Stadium, <laughs> with music coming from DJ Spoony. This is now primarily a nightclub, this sporting venue. <laughs> Check out all the flashing lights, guys. How about that?
1: Wow! Oh my, my eyes. <laughs> there, there,
2: there's Warren Gatland over at the bar. He's uh, drinking neat whiskey, looking a bit glum. Stuart Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Lancaster. is popping open a bottle of champagne tell you what though lads look over there george north looks absolutely smashed yeah. <laughs> his eyes are rolling he could hardly stand up he hasn't even had a drink uh, this is the egg chasers rugby podcast after the first round of oh six nations matches oh
1: my god haskell's t-shirt's tight <laughs> <laughs> let's do this
2: Oh, I didn't do the hands-in. Let's just do it anyway. Hands-in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod! Right, I'm Tim, that is JB. Good day, Tim. And that is Phil. Hi, Tim. 48 hours almost since you watched your Welsh brethren get a schooling in the Millennium Stadium, Jay. What's your overriding feeling?
1: Oh, we're not going to talk about Wigan taking on Witness in the opening of the Super League. <laughs> <laughs> that, happened <laughs> this, that happened this weekend.
2: It did as well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Thursday, yeah. Thursday How was a game? Did you
1: catch
0: it? I, did, I didn't, I missed that, unfortunately. Oh,
1: what hey. a comeback from...
0: Sorry, you should
2: be a politician. We know we know you kind of are interested in your politics, but you should be a politician with diverting tactics like that. <laughs> I've already touched on the, the the flashing lights and the razzmatazz at the Millennium Stadium. Now, JB is a Welshman, a traditionalist, I'm a North
1: Walian. Thank you.
2: Yeah, but he's still a Welshman. You're definitely mm, a traditionalist, okay. a, a rugby purist, a grumpy old fart at times. What did you make of the razzmatazz DJ Spoonie and all at the Millennium Stadium before kick-off?
1: I loved it. I absolutely. Did you really? L- I love it so much. I, I love the big occasion. Uh, I love the Super Bowl. I love the halftime show. It looked awesome. It really did. I mean, I've often criticised Scotland because they like to do like uh, battle reenactments before they get spanked by fifty points. So, you know, this like, this was a um, competitive game, and it it looked it looked great. I mean that that's what rugby is, isn't it? It's it, it's it's predominantly a show.
2: Phil, what was your reaction? Uh, I like some of the
0: flamethrowers and some of the grandeur of that stuff, but I think the kind of lights-out techno, <laughs> techno music and that kind of stuff, oh. the strobe lights.
1: Phil, that's out of all not... three of us, you're the one that likes techno, techno music the most. At the right time, the right what, place. In, in, in your mini. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> thing, my, my thought about this is, and, what I, and we talked about it on the last podcast, I played that anthem from 2013 in the Millennium Stadium. There is no more hair-raising a moment, and just... Welsh anthems And Welsh The Welsh choir songs Done In that stadium Bread of heaven Just focus on that
1: Alright y- yeah. And let
2: the boys play I
1: mean yes Do both <laughs> It's um, a very WWE But it was a bit Wasn't it yeah, I, I two WWE And if you like WWE Like I do Because it's um, And the,
0: the farce in the The changing rooms And the tunnel beforehand As well
2: Good We've it's re- it's really interesting because I think it was about before the game had even kicked off me Phil and JB we all watched this match together as you will hear very soon I I was, se- oh, I was secretly no. recording some audio
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Were you? Yes I was. Wow snake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you will hear that very soon. But um I think I said as the pl- as as the England team walked out they were walking with their Chest puff right, right out. There was a there was a bit of menace in their eyes. Mm. They looked like they meant business. And I, t- I, I turned to JB and I said, "This doesn't feel like 2013. I'm feeling good about this game, and it hadn't even started. Just watching Chris Robshaw before the match filled me with so much confidence. Really? Yeah. Ooh, not, not me.
0: Yeah, taking control of the situation in the tunnel, like the farcical situation with Wales refusing to come out of the tunnel. So
2: the way it's meant come to, out of their yeah, room. the way it's meant to have gone is both teams come out of their changing room, then England go out. And then Wales go out one minute later. But England were being asked to go out and the Welsh only the Welsh reserves had come out of the changing room. It was another one of Warren Gatland's mind games, which he tried a few of through the week. It's starting with anou- we'll announcing to, yeah. his team on Monday morning.
1: We'll come to Warren Gatland later.
2: Uh, but uh, no, I, I love the way Chris Robshaw dealt with that. He, yeah, he, he, me he, too. I think he'd never looked more like a captain.
1: Yeah, I thought Do you he think he had shades of Martin Johnson on the wrong side of the Irish pitch? Because that was epic.
2: That was great. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he, it
0: really did show that he's a, he's a leader. I know when he first started Captain England, he got criticised a little bit. He made a few bad decisions. and Going for the posts that time. Yeah, was it a game against South Africa in the Autumn international? I think that rings a bell, yeah. Um, but yeah, he got criticised then, but now I think he's really, really grown into that captaincy position, and that was a good mm. demonstration of it.
2: And, and uh, the game hadn't even kicked off and Mike, Mike Brown got angry. <laughs> well... Never known Jay so silent
1: Well you know bittersweet for me because obviously the Welsh lost and it was heartbreaking particularly as we didn't score a single point in the second half and I've got my own reasons why that may have happened Kind of the game went as I would expect it to go if England were to win and that is Wales Work as hard as they possibly can for sixty minutes, and then if you're not, if they've not won by sixty minutes, it's over, and that's exactly what happened. Well,
2: you are more, you are less outspoken and quieter than you than you normally are. No, Jay.
1: I I've got started yet.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, well, I tell you what. Let's let me just uh, take us back in time. Let's hear some of JB's wisdom from last week's podcast. Oh, I hope so.
1: A classic example of where Lancaster's got it wrong is the back rail he sticks with Robshaw through thick and thin and then goes, oh, well, he's the best for that role within that team and that system.
0: I don't agree with that. I think he's he's the best seven in England. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: There you go. F- first bit there, Jay.
2: Well, you've got to admit Robshaw had a special game.
1: No. Um, <laughs> I don't. I, I really don't. I thought Haskell had a special game. I thought he missed that, that one tackle, early doors. So they're
2: letting, them f- letting Wales for a try, yeah. But after yeah.
1: that, he was magnificent. Uh, and I,
0: I, I thought they both were. I, th- I thought Rob Shaw both- was good. I thought Rob Shaw, he made the most tackles in the game, mm-hmm. didn't miss a single one, and it just his work rate. The number of rooks, because Wales, we, we said this when we were watching it, Wales were really throwing two men over the ball every single time. And the number of times that a guy got isolated, but Rob Shaw was the first guy there and cleared yeah. out two Welshmen who yeah. were already in stronger positions, I thought he was spectacular in that regard. Yeah, I, he was England's best you, player for me. You have? Yeah. Well. I, I would say that as well. And I, I know he didn't no, get, he didn't get thought- man of the match, uh, and in a few of the the rugby paper and stuff that I've seen, he's not top-scored. Generally, it's George Ford, uh, Jonathan Joseph, and Haskell, who have Mm top-scored.
1: Well, let's just not take my audio from last week, but let's see what I've said consistently about Lancaster's team. And if Lancaster had his way, a lot of those players wouldn't have been playing. Jonathan Joseph wouldn't have been playing. Probably George Ford would have either... He might have been playing, but there's a chance that Farrell might Mm -hmm. have got the nod. Um, Atwood, I thought, was spectacular. Yep. I mean, uh, he can hold people...
2: Cruz looked an international yeah, player, Cruise, didn't Cruise,
1: he? De- yeah, de- de- Decent player. Um, and, of course, Haskell, who I've, who I've a- already mentioned, who just got stronger as the game went on. But this isn't new. I've been saying that Haskell has looked good all season.
2: That's one thing you have to say, particularly in the second half. England didn't just beat... They out-muscled bullied the the, the, the Welsh pack, which you, ne- you haven't been able to say that about well, any team for a long time. That,
1: you say that, but you're wrong, because... <laughs> They weren't bullying the Welsh pack for the, for, for the first half. And then it's only the second half. And like I say, if, you, if Wales haven't won by 60 minutes, and you could see England getting stronger and stronger and stronger as Wales started to tail off, here's something weird for you. I, I wasn't even aware that Wales had backs. I mean, the backs were completely... Except for George Ford. And by the way, you probably all agree with me here, the WRU need to be fined or sanctioned or the coaching staff needs to be fined. That was absolutely horrific. What they did with, with George Ford, George North, George North. Sorry, George Ford, uh, North. <laughs> um, yeah, the guy could hold, the guy could hardly stand.
0: Yeah. The, well, the first time he got knocked out in uh, the first half, when he yeah. caught the boot to the face, he, he got taken off for eight minutes. They went through full concussion protocol. Determined he wasn't concussed. The second that's time, fine, that's absolutely yeah, fine. That, that's fine. That that is everything's been followed. You got to trust the doctors on that one. Yeah. The second time. When he collided with a bowling ball in a blonde wig,
2: and you can totally, yeah. uh, and he bounced back up, and you can totally understand if they didn't see it straight away. But everyone in the ground, everyone on television, everyone at home saw the replay. And as soon as you saw that replay, a doctor or a coach or anyone should have said off exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. couldn't agree
0: more. Um, and he takes the ball into contact a couple of minutes later, and it's just he loses it just going into contact. I, I'm sure he won't remember much of the second half of that game you've got to say, if Wales, if anyone on the Wales- bench I thought you were going to say, you've got
2: to say, lucky bugger not being able to remember any of the second <laughs> half, but anyway. You've got I to say, if, if anyone has
0: seen that, they've got to take him but, off. So, but obviously, no one's seen it. I don't believe no one's they
2: seen see it. I don't believe no one's seen it. They see
1: everything. Do you reckon? Yeah,
2: me, they've, they've got how many laptop screens do they have in front of them? If me, we If we see a replay at home, they see the replay,
1: someone sees the replay in the stadium. Put it this way, right? Um, When I went to watch Sale in Stockport ages ago, I was sitting in the press area and I was looking down uh, and in front of me was Steve Diamond. Now, Sale have not got the facilities that Wales have. They've got three laptops in front of them and they can see everything. As soon as something happens, actually, strange enough, uh, Jonathan Joseph scored for London Irish. But as soon as he scored, all three laptops were looking at it from different angles. There is no way the Welsh did not see that.
0: If even one person has seen that and they've not done anything, that is appalling. Someone should be fined. Yeah.
1: 100%. I,
2: and, the, and this is in no I'm, way getting JB stepping away from his let the boy boys play no. mantra. No. no. I mean, this is, this is all, No. This is just, just ba- common sense. You've got to get them on. It's so,
0: so dangerous. We don't know what's happened since then. We don't know what kind of concussion protocol is going on. But, but we know
2: that World Rugby have come out and said they want the WRU to answer what happened.
0: 100%. Yeah. They, they, they have to. And none of us expect George North to be playing this coming weekend,
1: I assume. Or
2: Samson Lee, apparently, because he, he was being confirmed that he was concussed during the game as well.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. the Welsh backs were pretty anonymous. And I think Al Gatland uh, out-Gatland Gatland himself. <laughs> 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 so, um, I, Phil spotted this as well. I, you, you probably did also. The Welsh kicking game was atrocious. Now, it's not that mm. Wales can't kick. They've got some good kickers. Dan Bigger's an excellent kicker. I yep. thought he looked very, very good. But he was doing what he was told to do, and for whatever reason it was, the game plan was slice kicks towards the halfway, just I mean,
0: kick, I, as, kick as high as possible, only but about landed, twenty
2: meters forward. Yeah,
0: land it, yeah. and which was generally around the halfway, wasn't it?
2: I just didn't understand. I it. think they were thinking they had big backs, and they'd get a lot of they'd recover the ball a lot. That so there's there's two things here. There's that that yeah, the average height of their
0: backs was was bigger. You want to get them rushing on and. It's almost making it like a 50-50 and they hope they win more of the 50-50 balls because they've got bigger backs.
1: But you've know, got Jamie Roberts coming off one of the games of his career against the same guy. Why do not you run Jamie Roberts down his channel?
0: They did it once where the ball came off the top of the line out. Reece Webb took a few steps and fired it to Jamie Roberts and he made like 10 or 15 metres just once in the second half. They should have been doing that all game because it allows quick front football for their quicker backs.
1: I am absolutely amazed. I'm a huge Gatlin fan. But he's gone all week with all this, with all with all this trickery, all mind tricks, games, yeah. And his best idea was to kick it high.
0: I know. Now the other thing, and this is something that Gatlin said months ago during the autumn internationals when he got asked about the England game um, and what tactics he'd be using. And he made a comment. I can't remember the exact uh, words he used, but it was a comment about not wanting to give away anything for the World Cup.
1: Mm. So
0: he, his comments was like, "Yeah." I understand England, I understand how my squad can beat England, but I'm not sure what tactics I'll use against them because I don't want to reveal anything ahead of the World Cup.
1: You don't know how much I hope that's true.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, the real test will be the World Cup, but it's it's an interesting one to kind of... It's almost give up on the Six Nations with a chance of playing a slightly different tactic and winning a game All
1: in right. the World Cup. All right, Tim, because Tim is um, one of these guys who... does ev- uh, you, know, you like to think you do everything the right way, OK? Yeah. yeah. And I think you probably do, in fairness. So I'm going to ask you this question. Thank if- you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> it was sort of said
2: with a bit of disdain, but yeah. I'm going to take it yeah. as a compliment.
0: <laughs> <And> <laughs> the words were nice, but the way you said it...
1: was. <laughs> so, uh, with um, your moral compass, Tim, you're the coach of Wales, yeah. and your job is to win every game that you play. Yeah, What tactics do you use against England, bearing in mind you've got a bigger game in six months, nine months' time. Do you go out and effectively limit your playbook, or do you just put it all out there? No,
2: I'd want to put doubt in England's mind when we had to go up the M4 to Twickenham by knowing that we'd bullied them. And the way that that Wales could have bullied them was by, as Phil just said, using Jamie Roberts as a one man, and Jonathan Davies for that matter, as, as two wrecking balls and then getting them over the game line, and it's easier to get quick ball when you're over the game line. Yeah. And then, then you release players like George North. Yeah, and you know what? It's not, it's not, it's not rocket science, is it? It's not a mystery. No. Is, is yeah. No. Well, we said last week was uh, we said Wales have one of the most simple game plans in in world rugby. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's ineffective because it's still, even mm. though you know what's going to happen, it's
1: hard to stop. Simple isn't easy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Toulon, Toulon are the most predictable team in the the world, but. Can anyone stop them?
1: Sean Edwards had a marvellous saying when he moved over to Wales and he was still coach of Wasps and people were accusing him of giving away the secrets of English rugby because Wasps at the time were a real force. Yeah. And he goes, it's no secret, Simon Shaw carries really hard. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it isn't a secret.
2: Yeah. Uh, right, let, I'm just going to grab it. something I'm going to hit pause. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, boys, I've got a bit of a treat. As I mentioned, we were watching the game at JB's house and there was a cast of... A, a thousands in your front room. There was never seen so many people in your front room, men, women, dogs. <laughs> a couple of dogs, yeah, yeah. Mm. So uh, I was secretly recording, and uh, you, you still didn't know that I'd done this until we did the podcast. No. But I, one bit I happened to have been recording was that moment when James James Haskell and I mentioned how England left some scores out on the field. James Haskell left one score out on the field oh. when he decided just to run into the post. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this was us, This was that moment in JB's living room.
1: Yes, Bantos, Bantos, Bantos. No, idiot, Bantos, <laughs> idiot. <in-toss. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Bantos. <laughs> Together, Haskell! Did he just run into a Haskell! Yeah, he runs <laughs> so great!
2: <laughs> That's great! That <laughs> <laughs> we was scr- I don't know how many people were screaming at the telly at that bit. James Haskell made a brilliant break.
1: I, I'm a huge Bantos fan. Captain and Bantos. Even I was cheering for a Bantos score. I thought it's all right. We'll score more afterwards, just like Bantos scored. The
2: Archbishop, the Archbishop of Banterbury <laughs> had the Banterbury, had had the chance to cap off what was a great performance with uh, a brilliant try. Uh, as Phil mentioned in the little shouted at the telly, he runs so upright, and he does every time he runs into contact. He's so upright. I don't it, think
1: this is the problem if you're as strong as him.
2: No, it it, it, it is, is. It is it because
1: he's not making as many yards as he should be. We, no,
0: he runs like there's no defender there. He just continues running. Exactly the same line. He doesn't drop his shoulder or stare for okay. No. So, what,
2: what do you think is going to happen if Sean O'Brien is the guy in his channel that he's, he's running run at? Over he's, he, no, run over no, he's, <laughs> he's not.
1: not Sean O'Brien's going to stand no, him up, look, choke, in, tackle him and get the ball. In rugby league, they run upright, okay? Running upright allows you to create weak shoulders and all the rest of it. Isn't, it a, it. isn't
2: it a bit different when you're two yards from the try line <laughs> Yeah,
1: but I tell you what, he, he does score that. I mean, it doesn't matter if his shoulder is down or up, he's going to run into a post. That—that That is just that.
2: We had a message on um, Twitter actually saying... James Haskell is going to release the Captain Bantos new high-intensity post-smashing training regime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised the post was st- still standing after he ran into uh, exactly. it. Exactly. Adrian Lee said Dave viewers would have knocked those posts over and scored. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> and James Haskell, his his beard looked dyed. I thought, he's, I thought he dyed <laughs> his beard. He'd do what you want. Next time he's perfectly manicured. It was all so dark and lovely. You know, <laughs> he's an incredible specimen. Just a thought, for England. Is.
1: Right, if they went out with that same team, but with everyone fit, but they pick that same that same team. Imagine if when Wales are flagging, sixty minutes in, they look to the bench and they bring off Manu, they bring off Stefan, and they bring off some bring C- on some Courtney like... Laws. Oh and my Dave word! Dave
0: Wilson, Ben Morgan. If if ben yeah, Morgan, ben, yeah, Ben Morgan. God,
1: <sighs> they viewers. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, like I said look, last week, Lancaster might have stumbled into his best fifteen because he doesn't really know them. And if he keeps keeps them now, it just shows that opportunity is almost as important mm. as talent.
2: Uh, some other messages that we got in th- from Twitter. It's at Rugby Podcast, by the way. And thank you very much for. Um if you've added us this week or you have listening to the podcast for the first time or you're a long-time listener, very much appreciate you being on board. Uh, Steve Parrott said, have you seen the crowds for the LV Cup this weekend, boys? Maybe no. You need to, maybe you need to reassess your... And he describes it as a sniffy position about the LV Cup. Well, yeah, we're we're not the biggest fans of the LV Cup, to well, be honest. I think it's great as a means of bringing young players through. It's not my favourite competition to watch.
1: I, <laughs> well, I know. Why don't we watch it next year instead? Because we're, we're busy this year.
2: Oh, there isn't one next year. Oh,
1: shame. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: We watch so much rugby that we cannot possibly watch everything. Well, but, do you
1: know what? Uh, this is not a backhanded compliment in any way, but it is sometimes nice to watch the backups. Yeah, I mean, if you're really in the, in, into a team,
0: yeah, definitely. I enjoyed
1: the Bath Harlequins game because mm. I got to see the whole Bath, you know, the whole depth of the Bath squad, and you know, similar with Harlequins, although I do think Harlequins play the a stronger
2: team. Uh, Chris Beard on Twitter said he's just spent the whole day. Uh, this was on Saturday. He just spent the whole day walking around the house shouting. Banners! <laughs> His kids and wife are American and are totally confused by him. So, yeah, and, and then he called us bar stewards for that. Yeah, it's on, on last week's podcast. Um, JB, every time Matt Banahan gets the ball, and we now do it as well, shout, Banners! Banners! <laughs> and the same with Nick Bender well, and B- Benders! And all the way through the England match, Bantas! Yeah, Bantos. for James Haskell. A Sippers didn't get on. He would have had a few you He'd have had it a couple a of
1: Sippers! Benders, looking for, in, for an England recall, according to Phil. Uh, according to the rugby paper this week, oh. Nick Abedanen,
2: yeah. Gr- and he, he's
0: mentioned that he, in his contract he would be available for all of the England training camps in the same manner that Jonathan Davies is.
2: I like to, England players playing abroad and c- bring, bringing that experience back. I was think, thinking
1: about this. A lot of players have been abroad to get experience. Haskell. Yeah. And of course, Martin Johnson played for the Junior All Blacks.
2: Tom Wood. as well. Tom Wood as well, yeah. He, he spent some time in New Zealand. Mm. So it's very
1: important. So, ma- so
2: maybe instead of an LV Cup... A sabbatical, yeah, a sabbatical somewhere else in the world. Like, like a lot of football teams, I think Chelsea have they have a team in Belgium or something that they have a partnership with. They send yeah. their young players off you, to play there. You
1: won't appreciate this, Tim. The reason they have one in Belgium is because the immigration laws are very lax, so you can literally get two hundred young Africans in. You can see which see 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 which, which ones are good. Get them a visa, and then bring them over to Chelsea, and the rest of them go, go back home. That's why they do it.
2: Ah, right, right interesting. But maybe on on with well, in a less questionably moral way, you could do that with rugby players as well. I think there's a there's a young second row who's captain of the Chiefs. I want to say the Chiefs. Really, um, Matt Simons. He's called Big Lock, and he was playing like low local rugby, at, and then he went over to New Zealand. He's now playing in New Zealand. He's I think he's been chosen as captain of the Chiefs for the Super Rugby season coming up. Cracking. And he's in, he's attracting in the interest of London Irish and some other Premiership clubs.
1: Hang on? He's, he's about 20
2: 23 years captain old. Captain of
1: the Chiefs or the Waika- or Waikato in the NPC.
2: Uh maybe it's Waikato, but he's in the Chiefs team.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, started, out in Saracen.
0: just looking him up. Started out in Saracens youth system. Um How did he escape? Playing for the Chiefs at the moment.
2: Hmm. <laughs> Let's have a little interlude. Uh, Ireland fans Scotland fans, we well, France and Ita- Italian fans, we are going to be talking about your side very shortly. We're also going to be talking about our Fantasy Rugby League, um, which we when, are we... when are we having the cut-off for this, boys?
1: i just say let the boys play. Mm, there's an well, issue. The,
2: well, here's the thing. There's £250 worth of Canterbury stash on the line. Our good friends at Canterbury...
1: Only Canterbury stash or exceptionally well-made and stylish Canterbury stash.
2: Superbly made, perfect for rugby. All the leisure wear is is perfect to wear in the rugby club after a game or during a match.
1: I have not tweeted my pictures of my new Canterbury stash yet, but when I wear it, I look just like Jeff Pauling. (laughs) (laughs) Body-wise.
2: Would you say you're hashtag committed to the game?
1: Oh, I'm so committed to the game. What
0: do um, you think? What do you think of my current uh, Canterbury stash, Jay?
1: It's nice. It's not a good, not a good cut for you. It's it's a little bit big. It is it's a little bit big, isn't it? Uh, uh, so it's
0: actually my shirt. It was Tim's shirt that he with those arms handed me down. <laughs> sure, wasn't Tim's brother's shirt. <laughs> uh,
2: that's Phil wearing an England shirt to the podcast today. It's very um, nice. So anyway, 250 pounds of Canterbury stash could be yours. You can have your pick of all the wonderful goods that they have uh, to offer for winning uh, Egg Chasers. Fantasy Rugby League this is running on the ESPN Six Nations Fantasy Rugby site and our c- unique pin code for our league is 81262 81262 give me know. have you got the uh, little oh yeah let's do that little sign come and challenge like minded rugby fans and join the Egg Chasers Private Fantasy Rugby League for the Six Nations Championship you could even win some prizes it's the ESPN Fantasy Rugby League we got a private code. Come and join our league. Just type in eight one two six two. That private league code is eight one two six two. Eight one two six two. One more time. Terminal eight one two six two. I feel like I slightly need to explain. If if this is the first <laughs> podcast you've listened to, you're thinking, "What the hell are these boys on?" Uh, it's because we were reminiscing when we were saying the league code a couple of weeks ago about this advert from the nineties. And JB and Phil were like, "Wouldn't it be amazing if our league code could be done in that style?" So and then it.
1: boom, there it was. Then
2: it happened. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, join our join our league. We'll have to have a cut off though, because it wouldn't be fair if someone joined really late and yeah. jumped in at the top. So should we say Agree. after by the, by the close of game week two? So game yep.
0: week two close. I think it's two two thirty on Saturday. This coming yep. Saturday. So that's I will, our cut off. I will add everyone who has applied to the league then and no one else will get in I'll just reject you
2: and we're getting on for 600 people in our league so far yeah coming coming up for 600 now so thank you very much for that uh, but I've got a Six Nations trivia question Ooh. to share with you before we get to the other games which have been going on grab me my pen and we've also got to uh, pick our team changes for oh the week. yes for the fantasy rugby yes we'll do that And, of course, we've just mentioned it briefly, Super Rugby season starts this weekend as well. Yeah. Oh, man, we can spend every waking minute and and (laughs) day and night watching rugby. Okay, right, trivia question for you. Six Nations related. For each of the Six Nations sides, which player has the most Six Nations appearances? Sorry? This is all-time Six Nations appearances. For each of the nations. Is that from their current playing squad? No, 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 no. From, From that nation... Okay.
1: So the most Six Nations appearance for Wales, s- Scotland. So, so Wales' is
2: most um, most Six Nations capped player, Ireland's most Six Nations capped player, England, Scotland, Italy, France. Some easier than others. It's pretty challenging, this one. Yeah, it Sounds is. Sounds it. Two of them retired more than ten years ago.
1: Oh, brilliant. Wow.
0: Uh, right, so it's it does include up. it does include five nations then.
2: Yeah, it's pretty tough. I'll, I'll admit, but let's let's make it quite a quick one then. Just go okay. with your gut. Okay. So, 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 Ireland, for example. I bet you both think. Yeah. Of,
1: you know. Yeah. Got him.
2: So why don't you just say it?
1: O'Driscoll. Um, uh, bod. I've got Rendon.
2: Bod, you are both correct. Give Ding. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. i <laughs> will try to find it. There hey. you go. I think I've got all six. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you said that
0: on these questions? <laughs> what, what, what nation do you want to go with next, Phil? But we've got Ireland. Let's go for Scotland.
2: Scotland. Who's got for Scotland? I'm going to say Patterson. I've got Chris Patterson as well. <laughs> yes. Worked. Worked. Well done. Good work. Good work. He's got what, 53. Uh, yeah, 53 caps. Brian Driscoll, by the way, the most caps in any six of any Six Nations play was 65. So you've got Scotland. You've got Ireland. Two from two. Wales. Uh, yeah, Wales. Gethin Jenkins. Uh, I've got Gareth Thomas. Oh. Martin Williams. No. Oh. Mr.
1: 99 Caps.
2: Yeah. Well, good effort, though. 51 caps for him. Um Engl- next, England? England.
1: Jason Leonard.
2: Uh, that's, that's what I've got down as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Good work. <laughs> Three from four. That's good going. So we've got Italy and France, the two def- Gallic nations. I've definitely not got France, but France. It's, Italy, I've got... Parise. Parise as well. Uh, it's no, not... No, Bergamasco. No, no, no. It's, it's not Parise. It's not Bo- Bergamasco. Bortolami. It's not Bortolami either. Chittereau, whatever his
1: name is. Chittadini, no. Cittadini. No. Giroldini. No,
2: but he's in the current squad.
1: He isn't... Oh, uh Christian Stoica. No. Ah. <laughs>
2: it was Martin Castrogiovanni. Oh. Ah. 53.
1: Okay, France. So just France. I was going to go with Abdel Benazi. But then I thought, no, Fabian Palouse.
0: Oh, I've, I've gone Serge betson and Ooh, I know it's wrong. Sucks.
2: Yeah, it's tough. It was <clears throat> it was Philippe Salah, uh. who was an amazing outside centre. Uh. And uh, so yeah, got, both got three from six. I'll tell you what. The way we'll do a tiebreaker on this one is: who can pick another player that hasn't been named already, are the highest cap for their nation? Who we can get the highest on the list?
1: Is the question. So the people... Guess what the question is? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let me be clear. Yeah. <laughs> please do. Please. Pick, an-
2: pick another player of any nationality that isn't one of the f- six that we've that, that we've talked about as being the highest for their country. Pick any player from any nationality and who can get them highest on the list. From any nationality of overall caps? Overall Six Nations caps.
0: I'll go for Paul O'Connell.
1: Oh, damn you. I will go then with Dai Young. Really? That's a terrible, terrible
2: guess. Yeah, you, you lose quite comfortably on that one. <laughs> I don't know why I went with that. Yeah, yet, well, well done well <laughs> done, Phil. Yes. We have a winner. That was quite a hard one, that. Yeah, I'm quite impressed. You, you got four out of six. That was uh, good going. was it three out of six? Three out of six. Well, three well out six. Of six. Anyway. You did yeah, well. Not, you did well. Not bad. Not bad. You did well. Um so Irish. Were one and two on that list, by the way. In fact, they're one to four in the list of Six Nations appearances. Rona Nogara? Yeah. Brian O'Driscoll, one. Rona Nogara, two. Oh. Mike, Mike Gibson at three, who was played in the 60s and 70s. And John
1: Hayes. Oh, God. Uh, was the Paul other O'Connell's one. not in the John Hayes! Yeah.
0: John Hayes, yeah. Oof. We, we were saying off the podcast that uh, Ireland have basically, for the last 15 years, only had two tight head props. They had John Hayes for all those years and then Mike Ross yep. since then.
1: Who was the guy who came to sail? Tony Buckley. Tony Buckley. Tony Buckley Tony yeah, Buckley, yeah. Very, very much from the school of John, uh, John Hayes, propping actually, <laughs> <laughs> leaning. Yeah, good leaner. Good lean.
2: Well, we've just talked about some Irishmen. Let's talk about the Irishmen that went to Rome. Yes, yeah. uh, they did a job. Did what they needed to do. They Joe, did. Joe Schmidt said he's happy with the. Well, he's happy with the result. Uh, we, yeah. Any Any win is a win.
0: Two Two points in the Six Nations.
1: I didn't, I didn't really see this. Um, I saw the spectacular try from the seven. who was replacing. Uh, Sean O'Brien, who's yet injured again.
0: Which, yeah. I know. Mm. So That that was probably... Those two things that you've just mentioned there were probably the two biggest things that happened. Sean O'Brien getting injured in the warm-up and Tommy O'Donnell scoring a very nice 40-50 metre try.
1: I I don't know how Ireland do it. They just go to a a local park somewhere and pick up a brand new back row and they're awesome. I mean, they're (laughs) fully fit. Their back row options are mega. I mean, they must be... Yeah,
2: Heasley wasn't involved... Uh, Chris Henry
0: and Sean Chris O'Brien, and Sean and two, two starting. That's sevens That's the starting back row, basically, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right there. Peter uh, O'Marney Peter Omani was amazing. fit and playing pretty well.
1: You know, there's everyone fit. They are frightening. Oh, well, Stephen
0: you know. Ferris
1: as well. <laughs> yes, big, big, big Steve. Poor
0: Stephen Ferris. <sighs> Poor Stephen Ferris. Um, yeah, it, it was a bit boring, wasn't it? It yeah. was just lots of set pieces, um, not much continuity, not much flow to the game. Keatley kicked efficiently uh if not spectacularly
1: in some ways they're quite similar to england in terms of they've got a lot of depth but not much top-end quality and i say that i mean obviously sexton's great but after sexton you've got two guys who are like what a two and two a and they're not really they've got three options for outside centre they're kind of stuck with pain and he's good but is he great probably not you know they've got it's a, it's a it's kind of hard to tell where, you know... It's, early, it's, early, it's
0: early days for them, isn't it? Yeah. Rome, mm. Rome's a tough place to go. The Italian Is it? The when you it's, say it's a
1: tough place, how many teams have lost
0: there? Ireland and France have both lost there in the last couple of years. Have Ireland
1: ever lost to... Yeah, especially. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lost, sure? lost,
0: there, lost in Rome two years ago.
1: So it's a, it's a semi-hard place to go.
0: It, it's a hard. They've got a good pack. They'll keep it tight, um, which is what they did. Um, but ultimately, they were forced to make far more tackles than just tired. Um, Ireland tied them out and so the two tries in this, late in the second half won the game
1: very nice shall we talk about and
0: more interesting game yes even if was. the scoreline doesn't suggest it was but expansive rugby but neither team quite had that final product they both either dropped the ball or got turned over when they were five metres from the yeah. yard five yards from the line
1: yeah the the France game was awesome in some ways because it was stereotypical French rugby, well no, not French rugby, what's his name, the coach, my word? Uh,
0: Philippe Santandre. Philippe
1: Saint-Andre, okay, who has a marvellous track record of assembling some of the most talented teams the world has ever seen, and by the way, you can even include Sale. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sale had a team of Hodgson, uh, and this is just in the backs, Hodgson, Lamont, uh, the good one, um, <laughs> McAllister. Uh, Robinson. Jason Rob- Robinson. Yeah, wow. Wow and yeah Yeah. Hanley I mean these were serious serious teams and yet somehow they went and played the most boring rugby and same with Toulon and this was just one of his classic games can I just say, Teddy Thomas is my type of player. <laughs> Electric going forward, complete liability well, going back. Clueless, let's,
2: clueless, let's clueless going backwards. Yeah, let's just have a quick talk then. Let's uh, some French music. I think it's appropriate. Let's talk mm. about the French stash. Oh yes, Allez le rouge. I love that kit. They wore red. They've only worn it a couple of times in their history.
1: Now this is a weird one for me about this red kit. <laughs> no, about about the French kit in general. There is not one single French flag on the French kit yet there is a Scottish flag. <laughs> so if you're watching from America and you've never seen this before, it's like Scotland A versus Scotland B. I mean, <laughs> what's
0: going on here? That is slightly confusing because they've got the cockerel on the left breast, yeah. and then the Scottish flag right in the centre, and then Adidas on the right. Exactly. So what- to be like the, the Scotland so uh, the, chickens, the Scotland
2: cocks. Is that, is that
1: who, that's who's playing? So. And this I think came from Bath, didn't it? Where if you played international, you got the little thing. Yeah, on Bath were the first
2: ones to do it. I love that. I love that as well. Yeah, me too.
1: But you can't really put a French flag on there because we know you're playing for France. Asia. So instead, they've gone with the opposition flag, which is moronic to put it mildly. Oh, I love that kit though. It's a nice kit, but shall we get get rid of the?
2: I think they're only <laughs> wearing, that's their, that's going to be their change kit for the forthcoming season, maybe the World Cup as well. But um, they're only wearing that as a bit of a PR thing. They will not
1: they... Yeah. Well, Scotland do play in blue, to be fair.
2: No 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 I know but ordinarily it would be Scotland that would change. No
1: no, no. it's home team that changes. Oh in, is it? Yeah in rugby it's home team. Ah. Uh, right so uh, PR for kits is a good point because if you remember Scotland played uh, <laughs> Scotland played the All Blacks and they've got <laughs> in their contract they've got to wear the change kit. So Scotland's change kit they went from blue to like grey and black and then the All Blacks went from black to Black and grey. Yeah. It was the most confusing game you've ever seen. I remember that. Yeah,
2: Yeah,
1: I do. Really worrying for me is the fact that Scotland look really good and their backs look exciting. And if you look at the England-Wales game, I said it multiple times during the game, don't try and bludgeon your way through Wales. You'll probably not have much luck. But if you do have a Jonathan Joseph type who is squirmy... You know, they you, you'll get an awful lot more. Well, it was success. George North,
2: like punch drunk George North, trying to tackle. Yeah, but Anthony, Jonathan Joseph for that but Anthony
1: try. Watson looked dangerous all game, mm. and I just worry if Scotland come up and the backs are fizzing, led by Finn Russell, who I really am starting to rate now. Yeah, uh,
2: looking at Scotland and looking at um, England's backlines, I think it was encouraging that they they looked two of the most dangerous backlines on show in the mm. first weekend of matches, and they had some smaller, more squirmy players, and with all the talk about players getting massive and stuff, and you look at guys like Robbie Henshaw, he's absolutely enormous for Ireland. Um, I just think it's nice to see Finn some... Russell's
1: tiny, isn't
2: he? I think it's nice and to see Lord's... some of the smaller <laughs> smaller guys actually doing, yeah, doing
0: some good stuff. Finn a... Russell is smaller, but his tackling was really good. Put a few good, like, low tackles on uh, Bastero when he was starting to motor.
1: Well, let's just put this game in the context of playing Wales, which is, I'm really worried, next weekend I'm going up to watch the Wales-Scotland game, so if there's any egg chasers up there, want to catch us for a pint, me and Phil are there. Mm. Um, I think Scotland might turn Wales over. I think they've kind of got the ingredients which we, we, we don't like playing against, which is a very, very slippery backline. And when we play France, God, that's going to be boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that really is going to be a, a snooze fest.
0: It depends what tactics are played by by Wales, I think. If they try and just hoist it high and run under the ball... It's
1: going to be like a hammer attacking an anvil. (laughs) That's what it's going to look like.
0: Yeah, it it could be boring. I think the game next week will be really, really good. I'm really excited that we're going up to it. Yeah, it's
1: Uh, going to be wonderful.
0: um, Especially because... Is that a stag
1: do as well? No, no, it's no, um, just, a, it's just, just next an excursion. Tri- no, it's not even an egg chaser trip. It's, uh, just, yeah, a friend,
0: okay. a friend of ours got some tickets through his rugby club and uh, off, offered us a couple. So yeah, yeah we're, we're going up on the Saturday morning.
1: We'll be donning uh, jackets and club ties, obviously, for the game. St- standard procedure.
2: We need to get some egg, egg chasers club ties, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. Um, that will be on the Sunday as well. So we're, our podcast will be coming out one day later than normal. Mm. yes worth pointing out because uh, I imagine you two will be abs- What are you having Monday off work yes. oh, must <laughs> be I was, was going to say how yeah. are you going to cope otherwise
1: didn't even have Monday off work when I went to Chicago but yeah this is going to be a rather large one I, I, yeah. guess, I suspect and a Sunday game too
2: see I see Wales winning I don't think there's any panic yet they've been here before not least last year when they started badly and yep. then it came lost, through strong Island
0: in the the opening fixture last season.
2: Although England uh, claiming an away victory when they have three home games as well, that's massive.
1: Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Well, I I still think Ireland are they're nailed on favorites. Well, they yeah. they, play,
2: they play England at home yeah. and France at home.
1: Ooh. So, so, that,
2: so that makes it a
0: lot easier for Ireland. In England should be able to beat Italy and Scotland at home. Um France at home is a kind of a lottery, just no idea what's going to happen. But then going away to to Ireland is I think it's just too difficult
1: mm. and this Scotland team isn't the same Scotland team which was around last year they just look so much more focused and they've got some talent it yeah. worries me
0: Hogg playing really well Matt Bennett Hogg playing Hogg looked really good Hogg looked because I've not actually seen much of Hogg this season um, oh. yeah did you see that little flick through his legs pass yeah. that he did <laughs> yeah. that was an awesome bit of skill but he, really really quick and just attacking the line and like wanting to to play running rugby which is so good to see
1: Mm. Yeah, this this worries me. I think they've got the right ingredients to give the Welsh a little bit of a rude awakening. Yeah, the Millennium
2: Stadium's going to turn into a full-time nightclub uh, this weekend whilst everything's Cardiff going a, on up right, in Murrayfield.
1: Anyone who's been to Cardiff will know it's a full-on <laughs> nightclub any, anyway. The whole it's, city. It's a, the city, right, mistakes itself for a world capital. It's not, it's just the only city in Wales. <laughs> uh, and everything in Cardiff is set up like Uh, A huge warehouse, so after games you can go and crowd into the walkabout or or whatever it may be. And drink Blue WKD to your heart's content. Exactly. That's
2: all it is anyway. Just sounds like impromptu raves that will be going on. Bez from the Happy Mondays will be going there with some miraculous handing (laughs) out free pills. Don't
1: talk to me about There we go. Back
2: in the Millennium Stadium. (laughs) (laughs) Warren Gatlin's got his shirt off now. Arms in the air. George North still looks absolutely smashed and out of it. Doesn't know what's going on. He still hasn't touched a drop. Wow. Anyway, so yeah, the Millennium Stadium would just be a nightclub. It's up in Edinburgh. I see Wales winning that one. No panic, they'll win. Because I think the reason Scotland lost, the reason Wales lost, is they just kind of got bludgeoned up front.
0: Yes, and this is exactly the same as we saw with Glasgow versus Bath a few weeks ago, when Glasgow played the best rugby, but ultimately the Bath pack was just too big, too strong. Gave them enough field position, enough opportunities to win the game. And that'll probably happen with Wales against Scotland
2: again. Mm. I think so. Uh, they're not going to have Samson Lee, so who will their who will their tight head be? Uh, Ar- Aaron
0: Jarvis was was uh, on the bench, wasn't he? He
1: was. Would, did...
2: Wouldn't you want Adam Jones in your squad? I don't something's understand.
1: Happened. I think something's happened here. I really do. I think there's been a falling out. I mean, mm. I, obviously, you know, I didn't take a genius to, to, to <laughs> work out, but something something's gone on.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting to see if he got the call. Would he actually come, or would he just say no? Too difficult
2: family and all that uh,
1: you, you he, look, he,
2: he, Adam Jones's quote on that one was if there were no tight heads left in Wales of course I would play but otherwise no I'm done Do
1: but there are tight heads left in Wales so you've played
2: a bit of tight haven't you
1: I have dabbled in the, <laughs> in, in the dark arts as they call it. <laughs>
2: so when JB gets his call we'll know Adam Jones is nearly nearly getting a call up
1: yeah mm.
0: just one rung above the ladder
2: so we all going for a Wales win there in Edinburgh <laughs> or are you thinking that Scotland are going to win Jay
1: I, I don't know I don't I just don't know. I mean if Friday was anything to go by with which of course it is, it's the only thing thing to go by and looking at how Scotland played against France, I think Scotland have got what it takes. So weirdly I'm gonna be picking Scotland to win two games in a row even though they're Wow. Even though they've just lost one.
0: Well Scotland also obviously lose their starting tight because it's on a Sunday. You and Murray.
1: Oh yeah. God knows how he started, but yeah, he did start. Yeah. Um who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's not the biggest loss. No.
2: Ireland host France. Uh, the late kickoff on Saturday evening.
1: Wonder what he'll be doing on Sunday.
0: <laughs> Just in a room pray, think- praying. Yeah, twenty four hours solid. No,
2: he's going down to the Millennium Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 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 Tops off for you and Murray. Um, <laughs> Ireland v
0: France. This is interesting. This is really, really interesting.
1: Uh I don't know.
2: Sean O'Brien will he be fit?
1: Right, this Probably Sean O'Brien not. business has to stop. We've not seen him for years it he feels played, like. He's played
2: one
0: game in 18, 18 months. I, or don't, th- I
1: don't I don't think we talk about Sean O'Brien again in the same way that we tried not to talk about Sam Burgess until he actually plays. Proposition OB. Yes.
2: Mm. SOB. No. We we I think he needs a recuperating Actually, trip up a mountain on horseback and go and pitch a tent, do a bit of fly fishing while he recovers his hamstring.
1: Actually, we all talk about top-class internationals. What did Sam Burgess do this weekend? Do we have a Burgess update? Uh, uh, they
2: played in the LV Cup. He, they, played, he played centre with Banahan. How about that? Banners! For,
1: Banners! Wow, Gatlin must have been salivating. How
2: about that for a massive centre pairing? But wow. they got
1: beat. Did they? Yeah. 13-10 at
0: home to Osprey's.
1: Ooh. Yeah, I know. He scored
0: uh, two tries to one, but didn't... Get any conversions? I couldn't. I
2: couldn't tell you. I can find it the somewhere, killer, but the killer bees. So the teams that qualified from the LV Cup. Uh, I don't think there was a single Welsh team that got through. What a surprise! Gloucester finished top of their pool. Northampton finished top of their pool. Leicester finished top of their pool. And Exeter finished top of their
1: pool. What a miserable competition! So uh, there'll be an English winner in the LV Cup. Wonderful news for all. <laughs> anyway, yes. Back
0: to a uh, island, France. Go on. How is this going to go? Like, France have got a monstrous pack up front. They've and and they exploited the fact that Scotland gave away too many penalties and Cameo lopez kicked very well. But they didn't look like they were particularly fluid or f- free flowing or played any great rugby. um And Ireland, well, basically, since Joe Schmidt took charge, they've won virtually every single game they've played.
1: I think Ireland will win this. uh I don't think they'll win it comfortably because I think there's a little, just, you know, the old cliche, look how talented the, the, the French are. I'm going to have to interrupt you really here.
2: I'm going to have to interrupt you because as we're recording the podcast, oh no, I need to turn off the uh, music mm. from the Millennium Stadium. International there's some live rugby. And, uh, look at uh, league that! League oh, Wales England, the women's Wales England, here. the women's Six Nations rugby, and there's like it looks like the the teams are having to hike out half a mile from the ground. Where is that?
1: Oh, Rachel Taylor, North North Captain know. of Wales. It's the longest walk
2: to the ground I've ever seen. Where are they playing? That looks like somewhere Welsh. I just look like <laughs> a Welsh the cl- the rugby th- club.
1: Th- oh, is it Swansea? It's St Helens i tell you what Magnificent game last night At the home of RGC Park areas. The Welsh And the 20s Beat the England In the 20s Which we've never done before
0: Yeah first time ever uh,
1: Fact Wow
0: 21-15 Despite incredible English press re- pressure For the last exactly.
1: 15
2: minutes No doubt Couldn't, couldn't get the line Yeah
1: no doubt They'll, they'll become seniors And Gatland will coach That out of them But uh, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah They look very good <laughs>
2: I think Ireland will win at home, although that front five that Wales, uh, the France have got, is pretty much like England going away with a really big old front five and that, that dominated Wales. I think Ireland will struggle up front
1: yeah. against France. Yeah, but think about this: how how do you coach against such artistry as Uge and Te- and the enigma of Te- Teddy Thomas
0: and Scott Spedding?
1: And Scott Spedding, South African.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they've got <laughs> a lot of South African and New Zealanders in that team. They
1: have, but you know, uh, Thomas Uge and your and your man crush. Yes, what's his <laughs> name? <laughs> I don't remember names name. <laughs> I feel h- horribly hungover. Um, can uh, they can conjure magic from anything? Fofana. Yes. <laughs> so uh, hmm. it's
0: not. But Ireland will have definitely. Um, Sexton back we think they yeah. could have Heasley back they could even have Key and Healy back mm. they probably won't have Sean
1: O'Brien back why would you bring I don't think you bring Key and Healy back too soon I don't he, think you bring played, Sean O'Brien he played
0: two weeks ago against the uh, against the Saxons
1: You did but so, still I just, don't, I just don't think it's worth a risk yet I
2: Ireland think. victory but not by a lot
0: <laughs> yeah I'll go with that
1: agreed
2: um, and then the final game England against Italia
0: which is also the first game at two thirty on, yeah, on the Saturday. Yeah, first game
2: two thirty on Saturday, and the easiest one to call
0: should be. Yes, I'd love to love to say Paris will win, but uh, I don't think he will.
1: What a miserable existence! Yeah, I think uh, England.
0: I think it should be comfortable. Hopefully, they'll uh, score a few tries, put the, that back line to good use, um, and hopefully, it'll be a good game. We'll be we we arrive in Edinburgh at one thirty on the Saturday. We've got an hour to get to where we need to be and watch that game at two. And then the next
1: game and then the next game... And then go out. And then, and then watch the game, and then go out again. So
2: to our Scottish or Welsh podcast listeners, if you're up in Edinburgh, then uh, bob us a tweet to at Rugby Podcast and tell the boys where you are, and uh, maybe cross paths on Saturday and watch the game, have a few bevvies and whatnot. I will not be part of that. I'll... Um,
1: are you ever going to come I'm, on about go- Ed Chaser's rugby trip? Absolutely,
2: trips? absolutely. But I'm I'm going to just be sat at home. My full time job for that day is just going to be moderating the tweets that JV Je- <laughs> will be sending.
0: I <laughs> will tell you what, we we do need to do next time uh, all three of us get to a live rugby game is take on three listeners in a, a boat race. The three of us, <laughs> three three list any three listeners, and uh, the faster team to do three pints.
2: Yeah, I'm so, up for that.
0: Sounds tremendous.
2: That sounds like there's only one winner. <laughs> but, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. we'll we, we have got a
0: slight advantage, I
2: think. Um, worth pointing out as well that the Aviva Premiership returns this coming weekend, Valentine's weekend and all that. Does it? Yes, there's there's Aviva Premiership rugby, there's Super 15 rugby. Do you want me to run you through the fixtures briefly? Yes, please. Uh, Friday, so there's, there's a couple of games in the morning on Friday if you want a late start to work. Crusaders against Melbourne Rebels, 6.35am Friday. Brumbies against the Reds. 8.40, and there's the Lions against the Hurricanes. Uh, and on Saturday, you've got the Blues Chiefs, Sharks, Cheaters, and Bulls Stormers. So, largely speaking, they're keeping it within the nationality, um, within, well, do, within they, the they nations. Do. In it, well, most For the most part. Um, obviously, there's 15 teams, so you can't do that, totally. <clears throat> uh, in the Viva Premiership, though, there's two games on Friday night. Leicester against Gloucester. Uh, Leicester, Sean, of their England players. Gloucester as well. Uh, this is an interesting little window, and it's when teams like... Sales, Sales sharks. Exeter tend to do quite well.
1: Yeah. Do we really want to be seen? the the LV Cup is is, is for backups. 18 League is for backups. And I just kind of think, do we really want this for our um, for our first team rugby? There's just
2: not enough weekends in the rugby. There's not yeah. there's not 22 free weekends if you take out the eight the eight weekends the Six Nations squads are involved.
1: Well, you know what <coughs> the an, the answer is, right? You you've been off the the, the autumn internationals.
0: Potentially, yeah. Absolutely. Have the have the global season that we've the global season.
1: Before. Yeah, we uh, you get rid of the LV Cup. In fact, Paul me thinks you are you either need to go all in on the European Cup, like a kind of pan-European NFL-style conference system, which would be amazing, or you um, slim down the European Cup because both those competitions are huge.
0: Yeah, but the the finals are I such the, a big draw. I think what May. you say, the global season is is the way to go. You can fit everything in then. Either one or two finals, depending on the tiers. Mm. Whereas no. this way, we've got the two European yeah. finals, and then each of the leagues has its own finals. And it's too much of
2: a money spinner.
1: Because the only the only thing messing us up really is the French and the English, because their their club system is so immense.
2: If we mm. flipped, if I, I think, and I think it's, I, I would have loved to. I'd love to see summer rugby. I, there's nothing worse as a supporter watching live rugby than being in Baltic horrible conditions in January. No.
1: That is perfect. hail
2: rain. I hate it.
1: Couldn't be. I, couldn't be any better.
2: I hate it. Um,
1: Friday night game. Well, watching several scrums. There was a game last year. Sale versus Bath, and the scrum oh, yeah. took ten minutes. And I've never been so excited. No. It
0: was epic. <laughs> you were watching that on TV, not stood in minus yeah. two degree
1: conditions. I was
2: the match announcer at that game, and uh, I did not enjoy uh, standing outside <laughs> in that. No, I, th- I think after the World Cup, it would have been a great opportunity to have said, right, World Cup's happening in September, and there's going to be three months till the start of the new season, and do the global season where it runs like Rugby League, February to October, and then you can have all your international matches at the end before you get back into it again.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, and it's a level playing field for the international matches, because mm. at the moment, you either got the end of the season or start of the season, and It's you're not comparing like with like all the time. Yeah. So anyway, but that's not going to happen.
2: So that's, that's, a, that's a pipe dream. It
1: might do if uh, Bruce Craig gets his way, and he gets his way with everything.
2: Mm. Leicester versus Gloucester then. I, it's, it's really hard to call without England players. I'm going to go for a Leicester home victory.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I'll go with that as well.
2: Um, Northampton against Irish... Mm. Northampton have lost a few players
1: South yeah. Irish South are...
2: Irish with their Scottish contingent Yeah, yeah. Blair Cowan played
1: really important well important players By the way uh, I'm going to go Northampton with Northampton, Northampton at
2: home on. Uh, on Saturday you've got Exeter against Newcastle I... The sole game on Saturday by the way Is
1: it mm. right? Uh... Which is just
2: kind of sandwiched so you get to see most of the first half before Ireland France starts
1: Yeah I think I'll go with... Is it New, Newcastle at home? No, it's
2: a, a, at Exeter. Newcastle no had a good, chance. Newcastle has a good win away at London Irish in the LV Cup. Yeah, They're playing this, a lot better.
1: This, this isn't the LV Cup and this isn't London Irish. Exeter
2: to win. Yeah,
1: I will um, go with that as well.
2: And then on Sunday, the remaining fixtures in the Aviva Premiership, Saracens against Bath, a <laughs> massive fixture. See,
1: this shouldn't be played this week.
2: I yeah. can I
0: can understand that, but it's a good test it's a good test of the squad depth for both.
2: So, Wigglesworth, Farrell, Cruz, yeah.
1: Um, Do you want to hear my solution? I've just thought of this now, it's brilliant.
2: I can't think of any more than that. Hamilton. Scott, Hamilton. Hamilton, but he's not really starting anyway. Vinapolos? Vinapolos. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, God yeah.
1: Barrett, the
2: two yes. Barrett's out. Farrell's out. Bath, I'm just thinking they've got Paul James out. Dave Atwood. Wilson out. Wilson is out injured. Um, and Jonathan Joseph. Anthony Watson, George Ford. Ooh, Mm. dear. Yeah. You see what I
1: mean? Is is this really a game you want to
2: see now? We get to see see Spurgeo. We get to see Sam Burgess play. We see him anyway. Uh, I'm going to go with Saracens at home.
1: Agreed. I'll go with that.
2: Uh, Wasps against Quinns. No Bantos running into posts, doing his pre-match post-hitting training drill.
1: No Bantos beating uh, Robshaw, Shaw, Rob comfortably <laughs> like he did last time. Um, mm. I feel like I've seen this game a few weeks ago, so I don't, I don't care about it.
2: <laughs> uh, no Marla.
0: No Mike Brown. No Mike Brown. No Nick Easter. Yeah. But they will have Danny Kerr. They will have Danny Kerr. Yeah, that's, it's interesting.
2: I'll go with Wasps. I'll go with Wasps at home as well. And we go to The Fence for London Welsh against Sale. Hmm, how many players is the London Welsh losing
1: <laughs> to international? I'm sorry, that's a serious question. Uh... <laughs> to
2: a a few to depression, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie Barkley
1: playing international?
2: Um, not this season. Tim
1: Molnar? <laughs>
2: probably not this season. Doesn't
1: it just see? it makes, it shows how ridiculous the media, the media spin is now. At the start of the season, where they had, you know, the classic, the Times have the breakfast round table of the directors of rugby saying, oh, well, do you really want to play against Piri Whippu? Ollie Barkley, Tom May, Tom May, and Molnar. Look at that creativity! What? <laughs> yes, please. Can I play? Yes, against okay. Them yes. Every, every week, please. Can and well, Park play, right. play against him, please? <laughs>
2: we can talk about. We, we can talk about things that people have said in the past. This was you last week, JB.
1: So I don't think Brown's been as consistent as everyone says. Uh,
2: brilliant. Uh, he has horror be- after brilliant. horror. Brilliant. Mike Brown hasn't been very good. Mike Brown has horror after horror. Uh,
1: I I agree, and um, <laughs> you I agree, agree with, with yourself. Myself. And not only that, if you look at the, the two fullbacks uh, on Friday, Halfpenny was Halfpenny was far better. He was the only the only Welsh back to come out with a lot of credit.
0: His kicking was very good. His position was good. Under the high ball, he was very good. But you could say <laughs> but, but, you could say all that about Mike Brown. Mike as Brown
1: well.
2: was superb. Positioning was excellent. His kicking out of hand was. Brilliant! There was, okay. there, was, there, was, there was even the one that went straight into touch that, that was called outside the twenty-two, and he was actually inside the twenty-two, and he, make he, he got it perfect. He did the little grubber for Anthony Watson's try. That he, was he, nice. he looked a threat in attack.
1: I, I, he is not the player Lee hop anymore. The sooner England realizes, the better.
2: And when we talk about London Welsh, let's just remember wh- where we were all predicting them to finish this season. We all thought they'd avoid the drop.
1: Yes, did we? we did. Yes, embarrassingly, we did. yeah, embarrassingly. Why? Who did we say would go down? Newcastle. Newcastle. Oh god, that is embarrassing. I know. <laughs> So, yeah. how do
0: we come to that conclusion can you, can you cut that bit out please Tim
1: I'm going to listen to some back podcasts see if I actually said that maybe uh, I was hoping Newcastle went down but now I'm, I'm warming to them
2: oh oh fan- we need to pick our fantasy rugby team for the for mm. the round of Six Nations so we have a as, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast we have a private Six Nations fantasy league come and join it add your team to it potentially win £250 of Canterbury stash uh, it's on the ESPN rugby fantasy site we will tweet out a link at Rugby Podcast. go and find it and then add your team to our private Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast League, league which has the league code 81262. Uh, there's nearly 600 teams that have done just that, and thank you very much for taking the trouble. Phil, you just picked out a few of the names of some of the teams, which were brilliant. They, they made us all chuckle yeah. when we were looking through some of the team names.
0: I wanted to pick up my top three, but uh, I actually ended up picking my top four team names. So from the bottom... You uh, maverick. Currently in 490th place. He will not, he will just stick it to
2: the man. There's no <laughs> way Phil follows rules like that. He lives on the like edge, that. doesn't
1: he? I, li- I like rules, but Oof, he some, sometimes rules you have to better. break some yeah. rules, yeah. Don't you? You have to <laughs> smash a few eggs to make an omelette,
0: I guess. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so 490th place, James Bridges with Nathan Budget All-Stars. Oh, nice. Nice. In four hundred sixty-first place, Callum Gillon with Fifty Shades of Johnny Grey.
2: Oh, Very good. Very topical.
0: Very topical, I like that. Second place, 144th position, Owen Bainon with Taking the Parisi. Very good. Very good. good. And my absolute favourite, uh, in 150th place, Josh Rice with Good Vibrations.
1: (laughs) 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 Fifty Shades of Johnny Grey. Okay. So uh, we were playing this weekend in Cumbria we played Penrith and on the way back we were asking... Sixth
2: Straight League defeat by the way.
1: Yeah, it was much best performance though, so uh, singing that. Uh, and on the way down, back from Cumbria, um we were seeing who was available and who wasn't. And our young hooker who's having a really good season declared himself not available for next week. Do you know why? Go on. Taking his new girlfriend out to watch Fifty Shades of Grey. Saturday it? afternoon. Saturday afternoon before cocktails. Oh <laughs> my! Are you joking, <laughs> Andrew Selby? You have been named and shamed. Are you joking? No, uh, I'm uh... deadly serious. Deadly serious. Wow. Oh my word! What is the game coming to? What is the game coming to?
2: I you see. We started this podcast, and I was poking fun, and I was questioning the the razzmatazz and the light show and DJ Spoony being used at the Millennium Stadium. That's just taking the biscuit. Pretty,
1: pretty bad, isn't it?
2: That is worse than (laughs) Yoann Uge's dive. Oh god, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I don't know what to say to that. Like, presumably, he would have got an incredible amount of stick. I would have lied if that was the truth. By the way, I would have lied. Yeah,
1: you'd say, "Yeah, I'm going to the gum clinic," or uh, (laughs) uh, 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 anything. Uh, Yeah, and I think now it's out. He's he's owning it, which is exactly the way to go. Because the last thing you want to do is get rumbled. But yeah, he's going for cocktails and he's going for 50 shades of grey. Matinee showing.
2: I suppose it raises an important um, sort of general point with relationships and stuff. And that is that a lot of these Six Nations matches are falling on Valentine's Day this year. Yep. But I mean, this isn't being overly like blokey or anything, but come on. Come on. (laughs) There's room for a bit of balance. I understand if if Saturday's an important day for your your other half and you want to... You want to treat her right or whatever, but come on,
1: treat her, right. <laughs> come <laughs> on, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. If Six Nations is on, make sure you watch and get your priorities right because these games won't come around again—not that exact game in that exact order, at least. Oh
2: God, well, how many different showings will there be of Fifty Shades of Grey? By the way, yeah. exactly. Oh, it's been and it's a them. home game.
1: Yeah, home game. Ugh. Oh, that's that's
2: unforgivable. Uh, right, listen, thank you very much for listening this week. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. We'll be just talking about rugby, tweeting pictures of Samson Lee's tiny face and, uh, and other <laughs> such things as we have been doing over the last week. But yeah, Enjoy the rugby. We'll be back here again. Like, Just to remind you and give you the proper heads up, the podcast will be out on Monday evening, uh, not Sunday night slash Monday morning next week because the boys, Phil and JB, are going to be soaking up in the atmosphere and we'll be reporting back having been to Edinburgh to see Scotland v Wales. Um, we're going to step back into the nightclub of the Millennium Stadium. Oh, George North is comatosed on the floor. <laughs> he is unconscious. Look at him. He hasn't had a drop. <laughs>
1: he has been dropped though.
2: Oh uh, dearie me, dearie me. Right, have a have a brilliant week, and thank you for listening at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. And we'll see you next time. Nice one, JB.
1: Thank you, Tim. Ooh,
2: ooh, nice one, Phil. <laughs> Cheers. Hear
1: <me> <laughs>